He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Shall we pray? Father, this gathering is unto you, and for every word that has been spoken about your handmaiden, I lift up all the glory, and I say to you, be all the glory, to you be all the praise, for apart from you I can do nothing. It is your grace and your mercy that has brought us this far. This afternoon we are gathered in your presence. Speak to us from your high place. Speak to us from your heart, dear Holy Spirit. Bring the counsel of God to his people. And Lord, anoint this vessel of clay. Let this vessel decrease and let Jesus increase. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Wow. I would like to welcome you all to the second day of She. And I want to thank all of you for your kind words. I feel so human. I am sure that it is the grace of God that makes all the difference. Apostle Leanne is so exciting and humbling to see you here. God bless you. Coming. And also, it's a great encouragement. Amen. And thank you all for your kind words. Amen. Whenever I have to go anywhere, to the, by the grace of God, 2,000 plus branches of Lighthouse, I feel at home everywhere because it seems invariably every pastor's wife becomes my daughter before she's sent on missions. And so when I go, I'm treated like royalty. And um, I feel so much love. Last week, I was in Boston and then in our church in Worcester. And after we had a pastor's fellowship up to 1.30 a.m. And then after that, we had to drive to New Jersey, which was like three and a half hours drive. So when I got to New Jersey, it was about quarter to four. When I arrived, the pastor and his wife said, Oh, it's been six years since you came this way. So they were dressed as if it was morning. Believe you me, they fellowshiped with me till it was 7.30 a.m. And I hadn't slept, but I still enjoyed the sweet fellowship. I managed to sleep till 10 o'clock, and they were on my case again. I said, Lighthouse, they said, Oh, mommy, rest. Then they'll say, Hmm, but you know, what do you think about it? 
Then they will look at us, oh, mommy, it's very late. You say, you have to rest. Your health is important. But you know, the last time, this and that and that. So I said, you are like the mice that blow and bite at the same time. But what a privilege it is. Amen. I thank God for a wonderful family like you and also for a wonderful family like the body of Christ. Amen. Today I want to speak to you about the hardness of our hearts. The hardness of our hearts. Okay. Now, the disciples were with Jesus and the usual Pharisees, like we learned yesterday, came to Jesus and posed the question, you know, my heart has been very heavy about the state of marriages, Christian marriages, and where the world is going to. I don't claim to know it all, but I keep asking God, so what is the problem? What is going on? Where the divorce rate in the church is trying to be higher than that in the world. What in the world is going on? And if marriage is your idea, why are things going the way they are? And also being a pastor who is hands-on, I get to deal with a lot of heartbreaking situations, both from my church and without. And many of my bad stories I can't even share because they are so ugly. And so I have been burdened by that. And I asked God, why? And the Holy Spirit said to me, but the answer, Jesus gave us the answer already. So let's look at Matthew chapter 19, the hardness of our hearts. Matthew 19, verse 3 to 12. Amen. Are you there? Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. As for that, you can't miss it. I'm reading from the King James Version for now. And the Pharisees came to him and put him to the test by asking, and no amplified, by asking, is it lawful and right to dismiss and repudiate and divorce one's wife for any and every cause? He replied, you, have you never read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be united firmly, joined inseparably to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together let no man, including yourself, put asunder. They said to him, Why then did Moses command us to give a certificate of divorce and thus to dismiss and repudiate a wife? And he said to them, Because of the hardness, stubbornness, and perversity of your hearts, Moses permitted you to dismiss and repudiate and divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been so ordained. I say to you, whoever dismisses, that is, repudiates, divorces his wife, except for unchastity, and marries another, commits adultery. And he who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The disciples said to him, 
If the case of a man with his wife is like this, it is neither profitable nor advisable to marry. But he said to them, not all men can accept this saying, but it is for those to whom the capacity to receive has been given. Amen. So even in Jesus' time, we still had problems with marriage. And I know, being a pastor, that divorce can be very dicey and very not straightforward. And sometimes it's not even the party that wants to go. But sometimes you've been left anyway. So you don't have an option. You may have worked hard, you may have wanted to keep it, but the other party says, I'm going. And you can't sometimes hold them beyond their own, um, if you like, hardness of heart. So you have to allow that to be. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7 thereabouts that in that case, the spouse who is staying is not bound because she didn't say she was going, but that is a whole topic. But what I was drawn to was the fact that Jesus gave us an answer for why things are the way they are in our work with him and in our relationships, and it is because of the hardness. And the Bible defines that as stubbornness and perversity. When something is perverse, it doesn't go by the normal route. It chooses another way. So perverseness is something that is out of the ordinary and also lawless. And Jesus is saying that that is the reason for which Moses allowed them to divorce. Now, biblical commentary says that the men of that day were putting their wives away for any and every reason. Amen. So what Jesus was actually addressing was that you can't just get up and then with any flimsy excuse, you just say you are going. Because the rabbis had permitted divorce on many frivolous grounds, such as careless seasoning of food. If you cook <laughs> and the salt the person can just say, hey, what type of soup is that? And then he will clap, pa, 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 away. And it was permitted, so he would just give you a certificate. But I believe that many people have the real reasons why they are doing what they are doing. And it's often not because of the wife not seasoning the food well. You have seen some shrimp in that your office. And you just are reacting to that, but you look, you, you have to find a good reason. So you come, you're not finding a reason. She's too godly. So then you look, you said, hey, certificate. It's over. <laughs> and if she gave to her husband food which had not been tithed, she could be divorced. Because the Bible says they have to tithe everything, mint, rue, herb, so the herbs that you are using to put in the food, you have to tithe it. So when the guy said, did you tithe the salt? Jane, no tithe here. Nakobi no swear. Pa, 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 away. So they were using all this, you know, and Dick's Bible commentary is listing some of the frivolous things and going into the street with loose or uncombed hair. 
with pony that is anemic. I said to the people in my office, what type of pony is this you have come to work with? Said, oh, mommy, is it not good? I said, this is anemic pony. It hasn't seen any cream for many years. And then as you are coming, I don't know whether your window was rolled or your hair is everywhere. And you have come. I said, I work for the Lord full time. In the time of Moses, if you haven't combed your hair or washed that your smelly rasta, it will be over for you. Amen. Loose or uncombed, <laughs> uncombed hair, going into the street with that. And spinning in the street was also things for which they gave away certificates. And loud talk or constant talking in the home. Some of us, we would have been put at the gate by. <laughs> constant talking. Everything, you have something to say. When my husband sits down, he's watching television. I come and sit there. And then they say, oh, CNN, they've done this. Hey, but why are they doing it? So as I give courage at the point, I say, mommy, mommy, please, I, I need to hear this one. I beg you, I need to hear this one. I say, oh, really? But they've made their point already. <laughs> and sometimes when he's watching television, then I'll be saying, yes. So when I went to town, and then this happened, and I met this person, and then I heard him preach in church that, you see, when your wife is talking, sometimes you can't listen to everything, but you have to pretend that you are listening. And then try and get a line and then ask a question and say, oh, so did he go or did he come? You see? But one of our pastor's wives, she said, my husband, whenever I'm talking to him, I can see that he is not there. He's somewhere. So one day she went to buy shoes and she had the shoes in her bag, but she didn't wear them. And she said to her husband, oh, how do you find my shoes? But she wasn't wearing them. And he said, oh, very nice, very nice. <laughs> so she drew close to him and said, hey, so you won't even look at what I'm showing you. You say very nice, look at my feet. They are bare. There is nothing on my feet. It was a pastor and his wife. And the pastor got angry and got and said, when you unshaz it, when you get up, then you'll be testing men of God. You'll be testing men of God. So, I was with them, and then the wife brought up this story. In fact, it was at a pastor's fellowship. And then the man said, eh, umbazir. I said, you are ashamed, and you are trying to cover it with things. But if it was in the days of the Pharisees, a lot of constant talking and talking too much, Obama was certificate. See, away. Amen. And these were the things that the Pharisees had come to ask Jesus about. The other thing was the husband's finding one more beautiful than his wife. As soon as he goes into the street, he says, Ah, since you had the baby, your size has changed three times. I've gone and I've seen something more beautiful. The amazing thing is that the beautiful thing in less than three years will be at the stage where the wife is. That is, if she's lucky. But I don't know. Brothers don't seem to see far. I believe that women have great perception. That is why the Shunammite woman, she said to her husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God and that because of that, Let's build him a house. The woman at the well, she said, I perceive 
that this is a prophet. The woman with the alabaster box, she perceived when Jesus was going to die. The people who came to the temple, Anna the prophetess, she perceived that this was a child of God. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she perceived who her son was. The Bible says Mary, she pondered over these things and she hid them in her heart. So women have a gift of perception. Amen. Now to our topic, hardness of heart. Deuteronomy 24, 1 to 4. Are we there? Not yet. Okay. Deuteronomy. It's also not far. Five books from Genesis, Exodus, and continuing. Okay? Deuteronomy 24, verse 1 to 4. Hmm. Help us, Jesus. This is what was in the Old Testament. Her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife after that she is defiled, for that is abomination before the Lord. And thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. When a man hath taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year and shall cheer up his wife, which he hath taken. So the honeymoon is supposed to be one year. No work, oh. Just for you. Oh, things have changed, you. Oh. <laughs> Amen. Now to even have one week is, is, is a delusion. But God is trying to bring us back. Amen. But they had all these laws that related to divorce. Now let's go to Exodus 5 verse 23. Exodus 5, verse 23. So, Lady Reverend, what does it matter if your heart is hardened? And what does it mean? Well, one of the men in the Bible who is giving us an example of hardness of heart is Pharaoh. And Moses says that for since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to these people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Amen. The state of Pharaoh is that when he is told something from God, he becomes worse. So one of the cardinal signs of hardness of heart is that when God speaks, you don't even become better or you don't even stay the way you are, but you rather become worse. Because Moses is saying that since the day I came to see Pharaoh, he has rather become more evil and he has become more adamant about not letting the people go. And since the Bible says in many places that Pharaoh experienced a lot of hardness of heart, that is the state of a person whom God cannot reach about your relationship, about your marriage, about your behavior, about your future, about your choices. 
He can't say in anything he tells you, you rather increase in evil and you increase in the way you are and you increase in your own way, just like Pharaoh. Turn to the person next to you and say, harden not your heart. <laughs> Amen. But one thing God told Moses was that when you go to Pharaoh, he will harden his heart. And then at a point God said, I have hardened Pharaoh's heart that he will not hear. Now, when you look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1, it says that he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Amen. You harden your neck because you have a hardened heart. And because we have hardened hearts, we harden our necks and so when we are reproved often, don't do that. Walk in forgiveness. Pray about the issue. Leave God to fight for you. Give it time. Say, no, you are often reproved. Say, no, Lady Reverend. No, I can't listen to this. You see, I'm a corporate woman of the 21st century. And that's for me. I believe in certain principles. Some of us, we are not even corporate women, but our behavior is worse. <laughs> Some of us, we are not even that highly educated, but when we insult our husbands, it's higher than PhD. <laughs> and you are often reproved. Let your word minister grace. Don't speak this way, but you would not. I mean, you just cannot hear. Amen. Proverbs 28, 14. Happy is the man that feareth always. But he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. So one of the things that happen to us when we harden our hearts is that we fall into mischief. Another name for mischief can be trouble. Another name for mischief can be complicated issues. So when we harden our hearts, our situations often don't improve, but they become mischievous. In law, you can bring a case and they'll say it's frivolous, vexatious, mischievous, and it doesn't have any merit. When they say that, it means that your intent for bringing the case is not for justice, but mischievous. You want to create problems. And therefore, we urge the court to strike out your case. Amen, ladies. Job 9.4. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him? He's talking about God. That God is wise and God is mighty in strength. So who can handle, harden himself against him? But there are people like Pharaoh who harden themselves against God. Amen, ladies. So Lady Reverend, why do you say that Pharaoh hardened his heart? When Moses came to do the miracle, God said, when you get there, take your rod and then show it and then see what Pharaoh would do. Exodus chapter 7, reading from verse 10. God said, take thy rod 
cast it, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the, mag now the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. Amen. One of the signs that you are hardened is that even when God gives you a sign, you don't see. Moses brings a rod, he puts it down, it becomes a serpent. And also, you have a challenging spirit. So like the magicians of Pharaoh, when God brings his, you also go and bring your own wisdom. Because Pharaoh brought his own wise men to also challenge what God was doing. So when we are giving you God's leadership and God's counsel, you go and bring wise men from Egypt. And when there's a miracle on this side, you also produce another false miracle, another false counsel, another wisdom that is not from God. And you challenge what God is saying. And because of that, God has to show his power. Eventually, the serpent swallows Pharaoh's serpents. But often, before that will come, we would have messed up. When God gives us his counsel, we go and get other magicians, other people who will not use the word of God to counsel us. And because of the hardness of our hearts, even when God performs a miracle, we don't see. Sometimes we may be complaining about somebody, and we may be going through a general and genuine struggle, but God will show you a few signs of progress, or a few signs that something is better. You know, I was counseling a couple of few days ago, and I was saying, oh, but at least when I spoke to you, he seemed to listen. So he has never listened. I, but this time, in my presence, he seemed to listen. So give him another chance. Oh, what other chance? I've given him 100 chances. What listening will he do again? So when the council comes, your magicians and your wise men also come. And they also do another miracle. And it deceives us. And in the end, God's counsel will stand. For the serpent of Moses will swallow the serpent of the Egyptians. Amen. Amen. But after seeing this sign, Pharaoh said, uh-uh-uh. I'm not convinced. Even though your serpent has swallowed my serpent, I am not convinced. But when you look at 15 going, get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning. He goeth unto the water, and thou shalt stand by the river's brink against he come. And the rod which was turned to a serpent shalt thou take in thine hand, and thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou, would not, thou wouldest not hear. Thus saith the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. 
and the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. So God speaks to Moses, he goes, and it happens just as God had commanded in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of everybody. All the fishes die, terrible things happen, the Egyptians are digging around the water, and Pharaoh still would not listen. Sometimes you see signs of what we are doing to our relationships. Sometimes you receive counsel from God. He says, a soft answer turns away wrath. You two, you say, I'm me, I'm the shouting kind. <laughs> Lady Reverend, what is soft? Some people, they have spoke, uh, built to speak softly, but as for me, I have to say my mind. And I'm a fiercely independent person. Once we went to counsel, someone said, I'm a fiercely independent woman. I'm sorry, Lady Reverend, I'm fiercely independent. <laughs> so God has to turn the water into blood. The things are getting worse in the home. First serpents are being swallowed. Now water is being turned into blood. Water, which is the source of life, is not flowing in the home. Everything is stinking. You are digging around the rivers before you can drink, but you refuse to see the signs. You say, oh, Lady Reverend, he says he's a child of God. He should do God's word and let's see. And you are a child of who? Amen. Many times I believe God gives us signs, but we don't heed the signs. And like Pharaoh, we often get worse. Sometimes a husband may even complain that, oh, these days, you don't bless me in the bedroom at all. And I do the right thing. If you do the right thing, good things will come to you. Your statement is true, but it's not the whole picture. The Bible says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And you are also married to a Christian man. As Reverend Eastwood would say, they have only one bed, by the grace of God. And instead of you being a blessing to them in the bedroom, we genuinely have issues as women. And we genuinely need to be emotionally in tune before we can flow. But if we are going to follow that sign, we will lose good things. Because a man and a woman are two different people. And it is not that the man is out to get you. He is operating the way he is. But thank God that you as a woman, excuse me to say, you don't need anything to rise before you can do your best. God has made you in such a way that you can just flow. So in our marriage counseling, we say that there are different types of sex. There's pleasurable sex. That one involves you, which is good. But there's also dutiful sex. You come and say, today I've reported for duty. But you don't have to make your face as if it's really duty. The Bible says service with a smile. Good customer relations is important. Amen, ladies. He 
even cooking can be dutiful. Because sometimes you are really in the fray and, oh, bring this, bring that, you know? Sometimes when I'm in the kitchen, my anointing comes and then I'm flowing. But sometimes too, your anointing is not flowing. But you can't say, hmm, today I don't feel like cooking. I'm going to tea. Ashanti man who is always eating abom will come to tea. In the same way, in the bedroom, we need to renew our minds. But our hearts are hardened about how things have to be. And our hearts are hardened about how things have to go. And our hearts are hardened about what he has done. And how we have to be ministered to first. But the Bible says, you do your good. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen. The Bible says, your body is not your own. And he said, Lady Reverend, amen, it's true. But look, I will tell you as a woman that that revelation has not sunk in. We don't think that our body is not our own. If your body is not your own, if it has headache, you give it to the owner because it's not your own. But when it is your own, you say, hey, I have headache. So how? I, I saw a story on my year group page. They said, a friend of mine has just gone for counseling in Church of Pentecost. Her main problem is that the husband always wants to be blessed. Always. Five times a week. How can that be? Then people started to give comments. Oh, amazing. Does anything like that exist? Hey, how can she survive? Then somebody came and said, and do you know the counsel the Church of Pentecost pastor gave? No, they reduced it to four. Only four. And I saw that what the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. The church must rise up and teach people. <laughs> women must teach other women. Because when other women become older, that's why the older women should teach the younger women. They wish that they didn't do the foolish things you are doing at this stage of your life. Amen. Amen. And in any case, let's face it, how long does it last? And then you've made your face, you have an attitude, and they say, don't touch me, don't touch me. Are you don't touch me so? <laughs> because of your hard, the hardness of your heart, Moses suffered it to be so. So some of us, we obey all the things in the Bible, but they are pockets. You know, the Bible always says about the kings of Israel, oh, he did everything that was right in God's eye, but at the high place was not taken away. So some of us are very spiritual, but the high place. Some people are always fasting, praying, but when it comes to doing certain things, that high place, you can't touch it. I have a friend, very spiritual, more spiritual than you. When she says she's fasting, you don't come. When she says she's praying and revelation, you don't come. But she's abroad. She will never call her father. When I asked her, she said, hmm, if you were spiritual, spiritually discerning, you will not be sending him gifts every Christmas. I said, well, I sent him a gift because when I was in Lagon, he would visit both of us and he would care for us. And he would... So I remember, I said, hmm, if you were a discerning pastor, you would not send him gifts at Christmas. If you knew what type of man he is. I said, oh, what about Ephesians 6? Honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you. I said, ah, but Peter said, Flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. So this man, before you handle him, eh, flesh and blood has to reveal it to you. 
And I said, have you not seen for more than 20 years, it has not been well with you? You pray, you fast, you go to church, you whatever. Have you not seen? The Bible says that it may be well with you and that you may live long. Have you not seen that it may, it's not well with you? And I said, I'll send you a book written by my husband. My father, my father. I said, the day it arrived was the day it returned. And yet, when the person shares verses, you don't know those verses. When the person prays here, you don't know that prayer. What is it? High places in an area of our Christian life that God is not allowed to enter into. And that is exactly what it means by hardness of heart. Amen, somebody. Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses suffered it to be so. And the greatest sexual organ is your mind. Contrary to what you think. You may think it's your emotions, but it's your mind. So if you just renew your mind that today I'm on duty and you flow. After that, when you talk about your issues, you will be heard. Obey before complain. <laughs> Amen, ladies. Yeah. And like I often say, you know, we don't sometimes have practical advice. So as I go around the world, I have come across people who have tie and die 90s. <laughs> tie and die. You know that God has made men to be moved by sight. And women more to be moved by touch and emotional things. I saw one of the wives, since she was pregnant, she made a kotoku of tie and die, no she. She has worn it up to today. So her husband came to complain. I called her. I said, Look, and by the grace of God, she didn't harden her heart. She invested in what she wears in the bedroom. Some of you from this meeting, pass through Makola. Go and buy something exciting. It's time to change your usual way of doing things. Amen, ladies. Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses suffered it to be so. And some of you also, you say, a lady reverend, ask for me when I'm asked, I'm like, God, ask and you shall receive. But it's not that I will go and ask. That's also another excuse. But everybody likes to be desired and everybody likes to be invited. So we have to actually renew our minds and change our mindset. Some of you, when you were in the world, like Bishop says, you were doing acrobatics and all that. For somebody who didn't put a ring on your finger, but the man who has put a ring on your finger and honored you, you say, acrobatics from where? As I was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. And for the young ones who are not married, I would say that stay open to God's counsel and allow yourself to be counseled in this area. Because in Christian marriages, this area has a lot of problems and it's difficult to share because it's also an intimate area. Amen. So we need to come back and do the right things. Just like you don't give a Benkwai every day. Sometimes you make variety, at least I hope so. You make some variety in the same way you should bring variety to the bedroom. Every day is doing light off. It's time to put on some lights. 
and go and find romantic music yourself. And slaughter the romantic. When your husband walks, you say, hey, what is happening today? So you and I are happening today. And just like you go and collect recipes from places so that you can bring variety. Also bring variety in what you are. See it as a God-given call. And be serious and intentional about it. And I believe that God will bless us. Amen. Because of the hardness of our hearts, Moses suffered it to be so. Now, one thing also was that Pharaoh kept receiving the same message. Let my people go, that they may worship me in the wilderness. And hardness of heart is the state where you receive the same message, and it's repeated over and over again. The Holy Spirit is hoping that you will yield, but you never do. You never do. Even sometimes, people may be Christians, they may even be in the ministry, but the high place will exist. There were many great priests, there were many great kings, but the high places were not taken down. They would do this very right, but that area, no, don't go there. Or that area, we won't use the word, we'll use something else. So Lady Reverend, you don't know if you knew this and that and that. We don't use the word, but the word of God is not seasonal. And the word of God is not supposed to be sometimes. The Bible says the word of God abides forever. Amen. So like Pharaoh, when you have hardness of heart, you don't see the signs. The firstborn is dying, but you are still hardening your heart. And even after he had let the Israelites go, he still went to follow them. And in the end, it leads us to drowning in the Red Sea. That is what hardness of heart does to us. Hardness of heart makes us not to yield or to give in. Yes, the person was wrong. Yes, the person didn't do it right. But hardness of heart, you say, I can never forgive you. Yes, it's a trust issue. But the Bible says, as Christ, has, Christ forgave you, so also forgive ye one another. It is not my mind. It's that when somebody is preaching, we think that the way the person says the scripture, it means that when it comes to doing, it's, not, it's, it's easy for the person. But we are all men of like passions. And as I am preaching, I'm also preaching to myself and allowing the word of God to bring a change in our lives. Amen. So when you are often reproved, you don't yield. Say, forgive. You say, Lady Reverend, I can't forgive. Yield. You say, I can't yield. Respect, the Bible says. Let the wife see to it that she reverence the husband. See to it. That's what the Bible says. See to it. So it means that we have to make a conscious effort and make it like something that we are seeing to. When you say, I'm seeing to my visitors, it means you are paying attention to them. So when the Bible says, let the wife see to it that she reverences her husband, it means that it is something that can easily not happen. And how do men feel that they are reverenced? They feel that they are reverenced when we speak to them with respect. But some of us measure the respect according to the money he gives you. 
according to how popular or how powerful he is, according to who he is in society, that's how you reverence him. But he is your husband. And God is saying, see to it that you reverence him. Amen. Amen. How do you address him? Hey, why, why, you me phone, mommy, why? Why, why? Look for nice words to address your husband. The Bible says if you want to be Sarah's daughter, he, she addressed Abraham as Lord, which is not easy in this 21st century. Some time ago, my husband would call me and say, Yes, my Lord. Then when I come, I say, But why are you laughing when you are saying Lord? If you really mean it, why are you laughing when you are saying Lord? I said, Oh, but it's Lord with a smile. Amen. Yes, my darling. I mean, find nice words. And don't say, Lady Reverend, he's 18 years old. He rather should call me. I could see Papa Bra. Tell your mommy. All these things must change. And reverence comes from also an intentional thing. That this is somebody God has given me as my head. Because sometimes we despise them in our hearts. They don't know, but God knows. And we know that we despise them. And we know that they are very annoying sometimes. I agree with you. 100% or 150. But you are not led by your, your emotions. You are led by what God's word says. When you are angry, you are bringing food to the table. When you come, then you... It's like forced landing. Go, here, here you are. Shum. How can that be? Let the wife see to it that she reverence her husband. I was watching something on TBN from, I think he's called Jimmy Evans. He preaches about marriage. And then he was saying that when he got married with his wife, one of the things that shocked him was that whenever he came home, it didn't look like anything had happened. And I was very surprised. Uh, what is he saying? He said that whenever I came home, she would just say, oh, hi, Jimmy, and then she would attend to the children. But he had always dreamt that when he walks in, it would be like the lights would come on, the, the band will play, and his arrival will be celebrated that the king has arrived. After I heard him, then after that I heard my husband preaching to the young people and saying to the brothers, you think that when you come home, the lights will come and there will be brass band and things. They will not even notice your presence. They will just say, hi, you have come. So out of the mouth of two witnesses, I saw that it is something that women need to learn. So nowadays when he comes, whether I'm staring still, or I'm helping my daughter with her homework, I just stop and I say, oh, wow, welcome. It's so nice to have you at home. Amen. Let the wife see to it, see to it, see to it. Some of us are so busy complaining. When he goes to church, he's close to this. When he goes to the office, he's doing this with this. When he comes here, he's doing this. It's all true. But the home is your turf. So make a covenant with yourself. They may do whatever they are doing, but when he comes home, wow, I will marry you, Pia. You will see that you are married. I will marry you to the hilt. And when you marry him like that, when he goes out, nobody knows what you have done. And so the standard is very high. 
Amen, ladies. Stop worrying about, and he passed here, and he did this. You've spoken, uh, it's not changing. You've talked, uh, it's not changing. It's time to change gears. And to say, in my house, there will be a red carpet here. In my, so when you bring the drink, oh, you want orange juice. Don't walk as if, my brain wash on And then when you bring the food, don't just say, oh, just eat. And oh, how's your day been? Oh, my baby. So is the food okay? Look, baby, eh, it's an adequate description. <laughs> Amen, ladies. Let the wife see to it. See to it. See to it. That she rev- see the signs. One of the things I've learned growing older, which has surprised me, is that men want us to look dependent on them. It has surprised me greatly. Greatly. Because when my father died, and the will was read and all that, my husband wasn't there, I was there with my siblings. And then he called me. Hey, so the will has been read. I said, yes. Hey, tycoon, welcome. I said, oh, why? Hey, your father has blessed you. I said, oh, really? Then later, I asked him about something. He said, "Uh, I thought that how you have become an heiress, you will not ask me. I'm like, ah, where is this idea from? I have always asked you but I now know there's something called male insecurity. No matter how great a man becomes, he wants to feel that you are depending on him. So when you look too independent, I built a house, I did this, I did that, it's a silent threat to them. So even when you know what you should do, come and say, oh, I'm doing this, and I wanted to know If it's the right way, what you think, then they rise up. They are like God. They are made in the image of God. They want you to come unto me. All ye that labor, look like a woman. Look vulnerable. Come with your problems. That today has been so hard. Some of us say, oh, but they'll just say, but if you continue. Paul says, if you continue in these things, you will get a feedback. Amen, ladies. But we think, oh, let me take the burden away. Let me solve this, especially when you have the means. You say, I've paid the school fees. I've done this. I've done this. I've done. He feels threatened, which has come to my amazement because they are so powerful, so in charge. So you wouldn't think that that area matters to them. I was just talking to Lady Pastor Adele in my car when we were coming, and she was saying it's true. And I said, how come we now know about it in our later years. And we concluded that maybe when you are younger, you are now coming up, so you really ask about everything. But when you grow up, you also have your defense mechanism. When I go out, they'll say this. When I go, so now, I also have another way of dealing with it. But often, come, even with the children. Say, oh, this one is going to school. So I thought that she could do this. What do you think? They are like God. Eh? So come unto me continue to come unto them. Amen, ladies. Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses suffered it to be so. Amen. I hope God is teaching us a few things here.
it makes us not care about or see the other point of view. When Pharaoh was told, let them go so that they will worship me, he said, who is the Lord that I should obey him? I don't care. So he was seeing just his point of view that these people are slaves, that is it. And God was saying, these are my people and I need them to go and worship me. So when we have hardness of heart, we don't consider the other point of view or the other perspective. Somebody sent me something on WhatsApp and said it depends on your perspective and it was a six. Somebody was seeing nine and somebody was seeing six and they were both right. Amen. So sometimes we are too hard on our opinion. I saw it, I know it, it is so, nothing can change my mind, nothing can change my perspective. When there are problems in marriage and your husband says, you don't treat me well, and you know in your heart that you treat him well, but that is not the time to say, well, I know I treat you well, so that's what it's going to be. No. Take his side and say, I think I'm right. But even if it's this 1% truth, I'm going to take it up as if it's 99% truth and I'm going to work with it. The reasons why people let their marriages go asunder is that everybody remains intractable in their positions. As a pastor, I see that all the time. Everybody is hardened. Nobody wants to give in. Nobody wants to give a step, an inch. Everybody says, no, I do this for him, and I do that for him. He's an ungrateful man. Lady Reverend, that's it. I'm not good. But in the midst of it, Peter says, if you suffer for doing right, blessed are you. So you may be right, but you are suffering as if you are a wrongdoer. Paul said, as false and yet true. So sometimes in your walk with God, you are doing all that is true, but it will come back to you as if it's false. What do you do in that time? Take the person's side and say, oh, okay. You say, I don't feed you in this house. I mean, some people come, the things they say, you know that is not true. So they do everything. She doesn't feed me. I've not eaten. Her wife is shocked. Are you not the one I gave the food to? I so I said, okay. Maybe his definition of feeding is different. Now, define for me. What feeding is so that she will feed you? Eh? The soup is three days and then she brings it. Perspective. You think there's food. He thinks once is the same thing for three days. He has not been fed. So you are both right, but the perspectives are different. But hardness of heart will not let you take another person's side. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. I'm, I'm certain about what I'm saying. And you are right. Can you give up the right to be right? Young women, can you marry? Hmm. When I see you on your high heels and you are going, I say, hey, hmm. the Lord give you grace. And some of you who, uh, who pass through my office, you come and say, Auntie Mami, I don't understand. Though. These married women, if they say flow in the bedroom, flow. If I, I mean, I just got married, and the flow, and the, it's very good, though. I don't understand. I said, don't talk too quickly. <laughs> Take your time. Somebody who has been running for 18 years is different from somebody who just started running. Rather pray that you will stay the same, because many rivers will come to change how you are.
The Bible says, let him that thinks he stands. Not the people, the person who is really standing, but the one who thinks he stands. Take heed. Lest he fall. Amen. So don't say, what's for me? I'm nearly married. I don't see all these signs. Put it in the cupboard. It will certainly become useful to you one of these days. Amen. So the hardened heart does not consider the other person, does not consider the other's opinion, and just goes on what I think, what I believe, and especially when there's a verse to buttress what the most stubborn people are the so-called spiritual people. Because they feel so spiritual that whatever you say, they feel that they have a verse. And usually they don't even have a verse. They'll say, no, the Lord has not revealed it to me. The Lord said to me that, I said, the Lord said to you, God and his word are one. God does not contradict his word. So what are you saying the Lord said to me? I mean, the Lord spoke to me. I shared with you a friend of mine went to see a prophetess in the midst of her pain. And the prophetess said, ah, I see you. When you leave the marriage, you have become a big tree. When you stay, just a one more, more, you shrivel. So she called me, say, today I went. This is what the prophetess says. Hmm, what about the word of God? That what God has put together, let no man put us, except for certain grounds. What about that? And she said, hmm, because I was in so much pain, I didn't even ask her. But I have another session tomorrow. So she went the next day. I said, ask the prophetess. Now what about this verse? So when she, she asked the prophet, she said, ah, I said, ask the prophet, what about this verse? But the vision must be in line with God's word. Amen. Some people marry, they say, God, uh, uh, the Bible says what God has put together. Lady Pastor, when I was marrying him, he was an unbeliever, so God has not put together. The Bible says God respects the laws of a land. So if you were married by the laws of the land, God has put you aside. God, we should have respect unto magistrates and unto those who are in charge of the law. Amen. So if you have married, he may be an unbeliever, but God knows that it's marriage. So don't come and tell me that. Now I've seen some more spiritual brother. So Lady Reverend, this one, it was not a marriage in the realm of the spirit. Always see the other perspective. Amen, ladies. Amen. The hardness of heart, we are finishing soon. Hardness of heart. Stirs up a challenging spirit in us. A spirit of competition and not cooperation. Pharaoh had magicians who could also do the wonders. The Bible talks about them as lying wonders. Amen. You challenge authority. You challenge the authority of God's word. When Moses does this, you also challenge it. That is hardness of heart. And that is what leads to many of the things that we are seeing around us today. And nobody is immune to these things. It can happen to anybody. No matter how great, you can come to a place where you challenge God's word. I heard somebody say, oh, I married in the dark, 
just like Jacob married Leah in the dark. That's why I've left my wife. But let me ask you, even Jacob, he continued to be married to Leah. So if you marry to the, in the dark, let the conclusion of marrying in the dark in the Bible be your portion. But don't tell me that because you married in the dark, you are free to go. You are not free to go. You married in the dark, he still kept Leah. He didn't say, oh, I didn't choose her. It was by deception. It was by this. It was a marriage. What you can pray is that God will serve new wine, which will be sweeter than the wine that you have been experiencing in the marriage. Amen, ladies. A challenging spirit. You challenge the word of God. When the word of God says, wives, submit unto your own husbands. I'm just always amazed at God's wisdom and how he knows us. Because the Bible was written long ago. How does he know all our things to put it in there? It must be divine. When he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. Because he knows that if it's unto your boss, you don't have a problem. If it's unto your prophet, you don't have a problem. If it's unto your pastor, you don't have a problem. If it's unto your bishop, you don't have a problem. But unto your own husband. The book of Timothy says, let them first show piety at home. First. First, piety at home, not in the church. So now, when I see people, and then people in the church say, oh, she's a very good sister, Lady Reverend. I say, well, what does she do? Oh, she's a shepherd. She does good follow-up. She leads the prayer meeting. Now, for me, that's not enough. Because people are like that in church. But at home, there's no piety. I'm sorry. At first, what you saw in church translated to what you saw at home. Today, that is not the case. So when I'm told, oh, you are a, a chief shepherd, and you do this and that and that, and you really care for the people, for me, it's good, but it's a work. And sometimes even when you marry, that's the problem. Every day you are chief shepherding. No food in the house. Every day you are chief shepherding. No attention to your husband. If I did that in my home, it wouldn't work. So some of you, you look at me and say, I just want to be like you, a lady in ministry. And if I don't cook in my house, there'll be an earthquake. <laughs> if I don't organize certain things in my house, there'll be a tsunami. But you think, oh, look at Bishop. Look at how Bishop released this lady reverend to go and preach. You, you will not release me to go and preach. Oh, one of the amazing things that I've found is that my husband was not looking for a lady pastor, he was looking for a wife. That is one of my greatest shocks on this planet. <laughs> Amen! They are attracted to us because of our spirituality. But when we get married to them, they are looking for a wife, not a spiritual leader. Yes, a spiritual wife is good because she will go by the word. But basically, a man is looking for a wife. So when you are even a CEO, when you come home, please, Take off the hat and wear the hat of a wife and flow in that flow. Amen. Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses suffered it to be so. Amen. Hardness of heart makes us lose valuable things. Pharaoh lost the firstborn in Egypt. And that was the turning point that 
Okay, I'll let them go. But soon after they had gone, he changed his mind again. That is the sign of a hardened heart. You lose our children, our health, and sometimes even our emotional state because of the hardness of our hearts. My mother was telling me a story recently. She was with my aunt who had worked in New York, and she said she had a, black Amer a Jamaican friend called Joy. And this Joy, she went to get married. And when she got married, the man used to get drunk and then also steal her money small, small, but not much. Now, after that, Joy came to work. There were nurses and said that I cannot continue to be married to this man. So she divorced the man. And after some years, Joy met another man. And then they moved, they were in New York, they moved to Florida. So she went for a nurses conference and she saw Joy. She was a very good friend. She said, Joy, these days you don't mind anybody. Why? You know? So oh, I'm now married again. But this time it's not drunkenness. The man is physical. And he beats me and he threatens me. And, he... and she said, Mommy, will you believe it? One day, Joy was on the ward working. And then she went to the office to fill in her data. As she was there, the new husband walked in and shot her on sight. And she said, when she met Joy, Joy said, I should have taken the drunkard who stole my money small, small, $5 binazi, because he never beat me. But then this one that I exchanged for, one day he may kill me, and it truly happened. So what happens is that sometimes, you know, the grass looks greener on the other side, but you don't know that the people have been mowing it once in a while. There's no grass that doesn't need to be tended. So as Joy made this switch, she rather went from frying pan into fire and lost more than she was losing in the first one. So sometimes hardness of heart does not make us give a second chance, does not make us look at things properly, and we just go on and on, and we lose valuable things. Pharaoh lost all the firstborns in Egypt, firstborn sons, and after that, he lost the whole Egyptian army in the Red Sea because of the hardness of his heart. So sometimes you don't just lose your relationship or your marriage, but you lose your children, your health, your emotions. Another thing Satan does not show you are part of the deal. Amen. The hardness of our hearts. It makes us waste resources on wrong things. The Egyptians used all their chariots, all their horses, all their men, and they lost valuable things because they all got drowned. Amen. In the same way, a hardened heart will cause you to use resources on wrong things. Instead of the army staying to fight, they are following Israel. And as they follow Israel, they drown. So sometimes, instead of concentrating on the things in our marriage that work, and adding fertilizer to it so that we'll get a bumper harvest, we go and follow the armies that have already left Egypt, and we end up losing it all. 
may that not be your story. Hardness of heart makes us resistant to God's word. I believe we read that about the neck being broken. And hardness of heart makes us blind to God's word. Because your heart is hardened, so God's word cannot enter it. And therefore, we become blind. Hardness of heart leads us to be filled with unbelief. And we don't believe that God can work miracles in our lives anymore. May that not be the story. When you read Exodus 14, 17, the Lord said, And behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. A hardened heart follows things it shouldn't follow. They say that the definition of insanity is doing one thing the same way with the same results and not changing it. So sometimes you have tried nagging, you have tried complaining, you have told everybody, and the situation is still not changing. It may be the time of rest. It may be the time of Shabbat. It may be the time of just withdrawing like Hannah to just pray. It may be the time of, without the word, winning the spouse by the word. But we are so bent on one way because of the hardness of our hearts. Joshua 11:18 to 20. Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, except the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. All other they took in battle, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, and that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. The hardness of your heart makes you fight battles you shouldn't fight. Battles you should be winning on your knees. Battles you should be winning just by good counsel. Battles you should be winning just by keeping quiet. For the Bible says, in quietness and in confidence shall your strength be. Sometimes, you know, as women, our whole, we are verbal. So we like to explain. And when it's not understood, then we bring diagrams. So we explain with diagrams. When the diagrams don't work, we resort to graphs. When graphs do not work, we do lab tests. When lab tests do not work, we begin to do x-rays. But the bottom line is that some things don't work. And we need to go back to God and say, there's a temptation that is overcoming me. I don't seem to find the way of escape. But the word of God says you are faithful to show me the way of escape. I ask for grace to see the way of escape. Through this very difficult situation, send me help. Send me counsel. Show me the exit. Show me the fire escape. And may I see it and take that route which you are showing me. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Hebrews 3.8, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When we have many temptations, our hearts become hardened. Because we think we've been praying and God has not heard. We think the temptations are many. First of all, it was no food. After that, it was no water. After that, it was enemies from everywhere. After that, it was people, the earth opening for people to be swallowed. So many issues. So in the wilderness, you can have a hardness of heart. Because you don't seem to see God's hand. You don't seem to see his faithfulness. But it is said that when you can't see his hand, trust his heart. That he has a good heart. And he will bring it, bring you to the place. Hebrews 3:13. 
but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. When you keep on sinning, you keep on going against the word, you keep on living your life without light, you keep on living your light in any way, you are deceived that nothing will happen. You are deceived that the wages of sin is not death. But as you go on and nothing happens to you, you become deceived and you continue in the same old line. That is hardness of heart and you should be delivered by that. Hebrews 3.15, today if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Today we are hearing his voice. We know the areas where we are hardened. Baby, we have become Oyigiyigi, rock of ages, and we cannot change. Sometimes your issues are justified, but still, God has the higher ground of wisdom, and I believe that he can bring us through. Amen. So the Bible says, today, if you will hear his voice, I believe that this morning, this early afternoon, we have heard his voice through the scriptures, not through the wisdom of any man, but through the light of his word, through the word of God, which is like a hammer, it is breaking the rocky areas of our lives. May the hardness of heart not overtake us. Sometimes even it's men pleading, please don't leave. Please give me another chance. I've pastored with that. And I go to the women and I beg, please give him another chance. Please, it's true the Bible says on these grounds, but if... What about if he changes? Please. There, was, there, there are about three ladies like that, you know, and they came back to me. They said, their husbands were unbelievers. And believe you me, they did the impossible. And believe you me, they were not easy to live with. And it was very, very difficult. So she checked out. Soon after that, she was working in our London church when she saw her husband come with somebody else to the same church. And when they made the altar call, he went for I know the person life. He went forward and gave his life to Christ. Joined New Believer School. Started to grow at a rapid rate. Became a shepherd. And is now an example of a good husband. But unfortunately, somebody else has found him. After all your hard work. Sometimes the breakthrough is just around the corner. And Satan says to you, no. But if you say, open my eyes, God. God may open your eyes and show you what lies in the future and encourage you. Today, she says to me, he has become some main shepherd. I think he's even becoming a lay minister. So she has moved from that branch because when she sees how he opens the door for his new wife, oh, step out. Oh, let's go. Oh, let what has happened? Her prayers. But when the harvest came, she had checked out. Hardness of heart. It's not every situation that's hardness of heart. But some of them are. And they have come to me in tears. Three clear situations. I can see their faces now. Sister Mommy, I didn't know you would become born again. I didn't know you would become God-fearing. I didn't know. It's true, we didn't know. But maybe a little suffering, a little more tears, a little more of bearing pain could have brought us through. Marriage is not easy. But God will give us grace every step of the way. And let us start to pray about our marriages. We complain a lot. We share a lot with friends. But we never pray. And also we only pray when there's a crisis. But the Bible says, commit your way unto God. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. Stand to your feet, please.
Every eye closed, every head bowed. Choir, help me. Can anybody take me to where Jesus is? Where Jesus is? Can anybody take me to where Jesus is? Can anybody take me to where Jesus is? Oh, let the song minister to you. Can anybody take me? You've been brought to where Jesus is. Where Jesus is. Can anybody take me to where Jesus is? Where Jesus is. Can anybody take me to where Jesus is? Can anybody take me to where Jesus is? Begin to talk to God. Anybody take me? Begin to talk to God. Where Jesus is. Anybody oh yes. We are being taken to where Jesus is. Where His light is. Where His healing is. Where His strength is. To where Jesus is. Take me to where. Where Jesus is, can anybody take me to where Jesus is? He will heal where he is. Take me to where he is. Take me to where he is. is walking up and down these aisles every head bowed and every eye closed he's reaching out to you the word of God is taking you to where Jesus is and where he is things are never the same darkness becomes light the Bible says what is impossible with men is possible with God this afternoon some of you are saying take me to where he is I need to do things another way, but I can't find strength. Take me to where he is. I don't have any direction, but take me to where he is. If you are like that here this afternoon, just lift up your hands and I'll pray for you wherever you are standing. It is the master's touch that makes a difference. Let your hand go high up. Can anybody take me to where Jesus Father, Behold every hand that is lifted up. Our high priest, who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We bring you our infirmities. We bring you our brokenness. 
We bring you the darkness that we are stumbling in. Oh, healing Jesus, touch every hand, touch every life represented. Bring a miracle, like how the centurion's son was healed, just by a word. I send forth the word of God to touch, to heal, to restore, to renew, to strengthen. Jesus, we have come to where you are. Make a difference in these lives. In Jesus' name. Body, take me to where Jesus is. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You are here this afternoon. Yes, it's a ladies' conference. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I cannot let you go. If you don't know him, you are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. If you have not fully surrendered to him, if you know you've been playing games with God, and you know that this afternoon you need to turn things around, you need to make a commitment to Jesus, and you want to say, Lady Reverend, please pray for me. I want to renew my walk with God. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I want to be sure about my relationship with God. I want to be saved. If you are like that here, lift up your hands above your shoulder. Forget about who is on your left and who is on your right. It's not about status. It's not about what people think. It's not about what you are perceived as. It's about the master reaching out to touch you. God bless you, I see your hands. Let them go high up. God bless you. And if you've put up your hands, do one more thing for me. Come forward, I want to pray with you. I want to lead you. Can anybody take come, me to come, Jesus come to Jesus, where Jesus come to Jesus, he's bringing you to where he is, harden not your heart today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the day of provocation, harden not your heart, harden not your heart, come to Jesus, come, of you in front please close your eyes and mean this prayer with all your heart I'm just leading you to the throne of grace so that God's mercy will find you and God's grace will find you and so that God will accept you as his children you want to say after me dear Jesus this afternoon I come to you just as I am. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord, the master, the leader of my life. Forgive me, for I'm a sinner. Wash me from all my sins. Thank you for coming to die on the cross to save me. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life.
today, on the 9th of May, 2015, I take a new step into your salvation, into my walk with you, into my relationship with Christ, in Jesus' name. Satan, listen to me. Christ has set me free. I am free indeed. I'm not going back because of the power of God and because of the hand of God. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. God bless you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi. Or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.